This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. You've got a furnace. Maybe you've got AC. What about a heat pump? They can heat and cool your home, and they can reduce your carbon footprint. But how do they work in the Windy City? Here to tell us more is Karen Weigert, Reset Sustainability Contributor and Director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hey, Karen. Hey, Sasha. Also here, Brandon Clement, sales manager from Deljo Heating and Cooling. That's a Chicago family-run company that's been around for 100 years. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you. And we're also taking your calls. What questions do you have about how and if heat pumps can help you lower your gas bill? Or are you just looking for other ways to cut how much you rely on gas in your house? Give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that's 866-915-WBEZ. WBEZ. I'll start with you, Karen. What's wrong with the normal way that we heat our homes like via the furnace? Well, first of all, I'm glad we heat our homes because it's winter and it should be cold out yes, there. Yes, I'm glad um, too. <laughs> the, the challenge you mentioned, though, is this question around furnaces. And the typical way we heat our homes in Chicago is a gas-burning furnace. And so the question that raises is how do we think about fossil fuels? And so you're bringing fossil in to get that temperature that you need and you should have. Um, and so it raises questions about fossil fuels, also indoor air quality, and then fundamentally about the efficiency that we have as we get the temperatures that we need. Well, heat pumps, they're, they're touted as a solution. So let's, let's start with the basics. What is a heat pump? So a heat pump is a device or really an appliance that keeps your home at a comfortable temperature. Uh, and the reason I say it that way is because heat pumps can actually heat and cool your home. And they do this because they don't actually make the heat they just move it. And the typical heat pump that we would have here is an air source heat pump. So the heat pump borrows the heat from the air Mm -hmm. outside, even when it's cold, and brings it inside through refrigeration and compressors. So basically, they borrow heat and move it in. Help us understand their their role in, in reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. So the big part there is the source. The typical furnace, as we said, is gas burning. And these heat pumps really rely on electricity. So that's the big switch there is you're going from a fossil source to electricity. And now electricity, that is a source that we can clean over time and uh, also has built in right now some low carbon and zero carbon power. But it's similar to vehicle electrification. As we move vehicles from internal combustion engines to electric, Mm -hmm. we're moving to that grid. And so then we have to green the grid to support it. And also heat pumps are pretty efficient. They're actually more efficient than fossil fuels because they just move heat. They don't actually have to make it. Right, right, right. All right, let's bring Brandon in here. I want to get into the different kinds of heat pumps. There are three major kinds, air, ground, and air source heat pumps, right? Yeah, so the the two main types of heat pumps that people would be familiar with or hear about would be Mm air-to-air or ground-based um, heat pump, which is also known as a geothermal system. Are they the ones that are easier to find in the Chicago area? In Chicagoland area, what you're mainly going to see is going to be air-to-air heat pumps. And, and tell us the difference. Of course. So with an air-to-air heat pump, that's going to be most similar to your conventional air conditioning system that people have in Chicago. So you have that box outside, which right now you would have a condenser. Uh, that's called the heat pump now if you go that route. Okay. And just as Kieran mentioned... It does the exact same function of an air conditioner. So this would replace your air conditioner. But then in the wintertime when we need heat, instead of removing the heat from the house and putting it outside, we're absorbing that heat out of the air 
and then heating an indoor coil and blowing the air across it to warm the air. I see. And and the other, as we, as we talked about the different types, some of the others are really expensive to install. Is that right? Correct, yeah. So like a geothermal system, um, A, you need to have enough land in order to do that. But most of the time, it involves drilling wells. And in order to do that, it, it's, it just becomes extremely expensive. I yeah. mean, usually once you start drilling wells, you're just $100,000 at least into the wells. I see. So from here on out in, in this conversation, we're going to be talking about air source heat pumps. Um, of those, there are even different kinds for different size houses. Uh, so, Brandon, how are heat pumps more energy efficient? Of course. So, uh, and Karen did kind of touch on this, but when we talk about uh, standard gas heat, a lot of furnaces are 80% efficient, which means for every dollar of gas you buy from the gas company, 80 cents of that actually heats your home, and 20 cents can't be captured and goes out your chimney. Mm. There are high-efficiency furnaces. Uh, Typically, they're around 95% efficient. There's a little bit of a range there. And in that case, it's 95% of the every dollar goes to heating your home and five cents leaves the house. And conventionally, you know, gas in our region has been a lot cheaper than electric. But in recent times, that has shifted. Yeah. And so what we're seeing now is that when we go with electricity, we can typically get to a more efficient and cost uh, preventative way of heating the home. Mm Mm-hmm. With standard electric heat, uh, we call that 100% efficient. And what that means is that for every kilowatt of electricity that you buy from ComEd or whoever your um, supplier is, yeah. you're getting, quote-unquote, a kilowatt of heat out of it. Um, a heat pump, as Karen mentioned, is actually more efficient because we're not using electricity for the heat. We're only using electricity to gather that heat from outside and bring it inside. I see. An air-to-air source heat pump uh, is typically quantified at close to 300% efficient. So basically for every kilowatt of electricity you're buying, we're able to gather three kilowatts of energy from outside. That's a big difference. Yeah. Well, a reminder, folks listening, we would love to hear from you as well. If you've got questions about how and if heat pumps can help you lower your gas bills or If you are looking for other ways to cut how much you rely on gas in your house, our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ, and you can join the conversation. Let's hear from a caller who's been standing by. It's Dave in Palos Park. Hey, Dave. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's your question? Um, I have uh, um, hot water heat, gas-fired boiler. I have pipes in the floor downstairs, and I have uh, uh, heat registers along the wall upstairs. I was just wondering, can this work for me? My air conditioning, by the way, runs through the attic (laughs) Uh, because I actually don't have ductwork. Brandon? Yeah, so uh, Dave, just a clarification on that. Sounds like you have hydronic heat, radiant in the floor in the basement, and then radiators up top? Correct. And then what source do you have for air conditioning? Um, it, it's a standard air conditioner, uh, but the blower, originally the house had the air conditioner on the roof. It was a flat roof. I had a peak roof put over it and insulated, and uh, 
so the the unit is down on the ground, but the blower is up in the attic, and the the air comes through the ceiling. Yep. So in that situation, what would happen is, is that outdoor unit that you're talking about, um, that's what we call a condenser. So that unit would get replaced with a heat pump. And uh, the indoor unit, depending on how old it is, uh, may need to be replaced because of the coil that uh, connects to it. So the unit up in the attic, the blower, it has a coil attached to it. And that coil has two copper lines that run from it all the way down, and they connect into your outdoor condenser unit. And there's a certain type of refrigerant that flows through there. And so what would need to happen is, more than likely, the coil up in the attic would have to be replaced. And then the outdoor unit would be get replaced to a heat pump. And that heat pump would still supply your home with the same amount of cooling that you get, just like with your condenser. But it would also be able to run and supply heat in the winter. All right. I think that'll do it. Thank you, Dave, for for your question. And, and appreciate that answer, Brandon. Karen, I want to get back to the idea that we talked about briefly earlier, that heat pumps only work in warm climates. That's not the full story. So can you just explain that? They do work in all climates, really. And that's been a question. The technology has actually improved a ton, and that's a key factor to think about here. But the core idea of taking heat from the outside and bringing it in actually even works when it's cold because there actually still is some heat out there. And so that core concept can happen and can still deliver. And there have been real improvements in the technologies in terms of what works in very cold climates, in terms of the refrigerants, in terms of the variable speeds that can be built in here. Um, one test for me is I always think about, well, where else are heat pumps? And Maine, as an example, has an extraordinary number installed. It's pretty cold there. Mm-hmm. They're ahead of many European cities. Um, certainly mm-hmm. when it's colder, the heat pump has to work a little harder to get that heat. But uh, they can now work in a variety of climates, including cold. Let's hear from another caller standing by. Here's John in Woodbridge. And, John, I believe you've got a heat pump, right? Yes. So I had a heat pump. I'm uh, experiencing my first winter with a heat pump. I had one installed back in August. Um, The nice thing about what I've done is I'm a typical forced uh, hot air furnace through ductwork. My natural gas furnace was left in place, and the heat pump was installed on top of it. And it's set up as a dual fuel. Um, the dual fuel cutoff is at 20 degrees when it switches to natural gas. Heat pump has no problem keeping up. So, um, used very little natural gas this entire winter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a very nice impact on my energy bill and, um, any extra solar credits for my solar panels are being used up to heat my house. So you're pleased with that investment, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have done it sooner. Appreciate you sharing that, John. Thanks for calling. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about heat pumps and why you might want to consider investing in one. We're talking with Karen Weigert, who's Reset's sustainability contributor, and Brandon Clement from Deljo Heating and Cooling. We're also taking your calls at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. What do you want to know about heat pumps? Brandon's here. He can help. <laughs> so, Brandon, let's talk about money here. Initial costs of a heat pump, they can be high, right? How do they save money over time? And this is great sort of piggybacking off of John's comments a moment ago. Of course, yeah. So definitely, you know, upfront total investment. Um, there's a wide range, but they can certainly range, you know, from a little bit more from, than a standard base air conditioner 
up to quite high depending on the technology level and efficiency that you're looking to get. With that said, uh, efficiency can be gained pretty quickly here um, in a couple of ways. Number one is more than likely that heat pump, even in cooling season, is going to be significantly more efficient than your current air conditioner, Mm -hmm. Um, which means that for the same amount of electrical consumption being used, it's going to cost you less to run that unit. Yeah. Um, So both, you know, in the summertime, you're automatically going to see it. And then once wintertime hits, now that we're seeing these gas prices and, you know, it's something that's new to us. It's kind of a a foreign idea that gas prices are as high as they are. And unfortunately, it's not looking like they're going to start dropping anytime soon. They're dropping a little bit, but very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Still high. Exactly. Which is your point. And, And so we're at a point now where if a heat pump is put in, uh, we can run it. And like John said, in every home, we can't run a heat pump 100% of the time. We can't rely on that 100% for a multitude of factors, which I'm happy to talk about. But for the most of the time, we can. Yeah. And in Chicago, it's, you know, everyone talks about how cold it is here, and it gets really cold. But the statistics show that uh, 90% of the time that we're running our equipment, mm-hmm. it's 20 degrees or warmer. Okay. So like John just said with that 20-degree switchover, only 10% of the time that equipment's running is he really going to have to use gas. So he's saving on utilities 90% of the time. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones. Here's Brian in Michigan City, Indiana. Hey, Brian. What's your comment or question? Well, just, you know, uh, kind of following up on what Brandon's saying. Yeah, um, I work for Mitsubishi Electric. We manufacture uh, what we call heat pumps. Okay. split heat pumps, some people call them. And, you know, that... That factor about the the cold temperatures, the colder it gets, they start to lose capacity. But uh, fortunately, there's technology out there now. We, we refer to them as cold climate heat pumps that actually can heat, provide 100% heat down to five degrees, and will uh, even minus five with with some models. And we rate down to minus 13, which I know everybody says, well, we get colder than that sometimes. But that's uh, to Brandon's point, we really don't very often. So. Mm. I don't know if, if uh, in this market we'll ever see a complete replacement, although we are seeing new homes built that are using uh, nothing but heat pumps with no backup electric or backup gas at all. So it, it's something that's coming, and, and we're pretty excited to see it yeah. as, as a manufacturer. So Awesome. Well, thank you for your call, Brian. Appreciate it. Here's Dave in Skokie. Hey, Dave. Welcome to Reset. Hello. Uh, thank you. Uh, I kind of have... Uh, I think my answer, the previous caller may have answered my question a little bit. I have two space pumps, uh, uh, heat pumps, I'm sorry. They're about four years old. And the big challenge is when you, you know, 90% of the time they work well. But here in Chicago, we have those week to 10, a week to six week periods where uh, it just gets, you know, we're in the 10, 20 right. degree or below. Really range. cold. Yeah. And at that point, it just, you know, the space heater's got to come on. <laughs> That's about the only way we can deal with it. And I'm just wondering, is that really, there's no alternative? The gentleman said that maybe the new generation of heat pumps can go lower, and maybe that's the answer. That's a good question, Dave. It's one I have, too. So, Brandon? Yeah, Dave, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and it, it does depend on the heat pump that's installed. And uh, as Karen mentioned earlier, there's been a large advancement and started about 10 years ago, but even just within the last five and two years, these units are continuing to get significantly more advanced and run at 
high capacities at lower temperatures. Um, so that could be one of the issues. It may be that uh, the units just are starting to lose their efficiency and they can't pull as much heat out of the outdoor atmosphere when those temperatures drop just based on the equipment that was put in your home. Yeah. Thanks for your call, Dave. Hope that answered your question. Uh, Karen, Congress uh, passed a huge infrastructure package earlier this year, which was known as the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, right? It's meant to help families and businesses transition to green appliances. Just quickly remind us how the legislation is going to help make it more financially feasible to make this change. Sure. And the Inflation Reduction Act, as you said, it's the largest ever climate investment by the federal government. And uh, there's $369 billion in this really for climate. Within that, there is a section that is about $9 billion that is going to be available for states and tribes that is for home consumer energy rebates. And a big portion of that is actually for heat pumps. And so they just announced this in November, some of the specifics coming through, including allocations for literally every state. Uh, so that'll make it much easier. There's actually going to be rebates where families can save off of that top price yeah. as they're looking to install some of this. And there's also efforts to support manufacturing to drive domestic manufacturing and heat pumps as well. Well, we should mention ComEd in collaboration with Elevate Chicago. They're rolling out a program that's going to bring heat pumps to low-income homeowners. Right, Karen? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this obviously builds on work that Elevate and uh, ComEd have been doing. And uh, they've announced essentially a home, home, a whole home electrification program. And it's enabled by CEGES. We were just talking about federal legislation, CEGES state legislation that accelerates this work. And it's really targeted towards low-income customers. So this is actually to provide full electric, including heat pumps, in homes across this region over the next three years. And they're looking at $40 million being invested. Wow. Let's take one more call. Here's Alexander in Portage Park. Hey, Alexander. Hi, good afternoon. Morning. <laughs> good morning. Um, What's your question? I have a typical Chicago bungalow, and my AC and furnace are reaching the end of their life cycle. What's the practical next step to switch? These sounds like a great change, a great update. Yeah. Um, what's the dollar amount before all the rebates, et cetera, that might be pushed with recent legislation? But tell me the practical steps. How do I get in on this in the next two, three years? Yeah, give us a brief rundown, Brandon. How easy is it to, to do this? Of course. Heather Alexander, I uh, appreciate the question. So, you know, I'd say that realistically it's it's pretty easy. Um, if you're already set up with a furnace in your home and a conventional air conditioning system, um, while I would say that you should vet your uh, the companies that you're looking to choose and making sure that you're dealing with a contractor that is going to take care of you and is highly trained in this field, um, the the conversion itself does not require anything special. Uh, between a heat pump and a standard air conditioning system. Okay, so something that I could probably take care of. Um, quick bullet point list, if you can, Brandon, just what folks should keep in mind when buying a heat pump. Of course. Um, you know, when you're buying a heat pump, something to keep in mind would be that there are there is a large range in efficiencies and um, models. And obviously with that, there's a large range in total investment that you're going to be looking to pay. Right. Price range. Exactly. You know, you might be able to go with a 14-sear single-stage heat pump, which is more of a entry-level heat pump. Um, you're going to have to probably keep a furnace with that. Yeah. That's not going to be able to run down to as low of a temperature, uh, things like that. Yeah. You may be able to go up to a slightly larger uh, total investment and get a unit that's more of a modulating unit or a staged unit yeah. that can run down to lower temperatures. 
uh, and run for a longer period of time. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it there. That's Brandon Clement, sales manager at Deljo Heating and Cooling, and Karen Weigert, Reset Sustainability contributor. Thank you both. Thank you. I really appreciate it.